Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. In this second episode, we are joined by the wonderful and truly inspiring author and medium, Carol J. Obley. I absolutely loved our conversation and asked so many questions, especially about what our loved ones in spirit can tell us about love, life, and our grief journey. There is an afterlife. Now that sounds really kind of funny or silly, but there are people who, that I've encountered that go, well, I don't know if there's an afterlife. So that is probably the number one lesson that those in spirit want grieving loved ones to know. I'm I'm here, I'm in a different um, level of consciousness, but I'm absolutely fine. And I'm still right there with you. Wishing you a gentle, comforting and insightful listen. Please join us now as Karen and I talk about all things spiritual. So today on the show, we're joined by Carol Obley, and she's a workshop leader, a medium, and author of Wisdom from the Spirit World. So hello there, Carol. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Bless you. I am so looking forward to sharing your messages Today, I think we're going to talk about positive changes and the choices we have around that. So please do share your story. Well, um, I've been a medium for about 25 years and um, I have gone through numerous, numerous changes as a result of doing this work. And, um, you know, from, from early days in my 20s, when I got into a bunch of trouble with drinking and and drugs actually, uh, to my awakening at that point to spirituality. And I I have always felt intuitively that uh, that awakening is what set me squarely on the pathway that I'm on. Um, I don't think I would be here without that. So it's interesting that you know, there are so many people um, in our backgrounds that have things that we're not exceptionally proud of or that were very challenging or painful, but yet those functioned, if we allow them to, as sort of wake-up calls. Uh, in my books, I've written about wake-up calls and things that are generally very painful for us, but they, they put us on a different pathway. And, um, you know, the pathway of transformation. Uh, So that's what's happened with me. I'm a vastly different person 
than I was um, when I initially stopped drinking way back in my 20s and uh, subsequently um, have really uh, been on this totally different pathway. I, I don't even look at the old days as being the same person. I, I really see that as a, as a different personality, <laughs> a different energy. Um, and that, that's how radical um, I, I see that change as from who I was to who I am currently. I love that. And I think it's really powerful what you're saying, because, you know, we can look back a year or 20 years and we don't always recognize ourselves. We keep making these changes and we wake up and we're like, I'm not that person I was. And I think sometimes when we're trying to create positive changes, half the battle is actually that other people still see us as we were, not as we are. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. But, you know, I've had so many people including my family, because my family was with me, um, you know, my mom and dad, my mom has since crossed over, but I was horrible uh, during those days. And I was extremely rebellious and um, very disagreeable. And I hurt people. And, you know, my family since then, and before my mother passed, told me how much I've changed. And, you know, receiving that kind of validation is to me priceless. And it really brought tears to my eyes uh, when my mom said that to me. And uh, my father too, who's still with us, he's, he's 91. Um, but yeah, so I think when we see, when other people reflect to us and say, boy, you've really changed, you know, you've really made a big difference in your life that's our validation and that's our sense of knowing that we're on the right pathway yeah I think it's brilliant that you can look back and you know as you say you're not proud of it but I think we have to accept that everything we've gone before us creates who we are today and you know I think I drank loads in my 20s I'm teetotaler now in my 40s but in my 20s I certainly drank so what was it when you was drinking what made you know or want to create the positive change and drink less I was dying I was dying at the age of 25 um when I drank I I never I completely bypassed social drinking today even today many years later because I, I have not drank alcohol in oh it's about 37 years um, I, I haven't drank alcohol and I, I really, I, I don't miss it at this point. Um, but I, I was drinking every other day. The next day I was so ill, I couldn't drink. But when I went to it, I'm talking, you know, 12 hours of, of drinking and, uh, you know, taking this or that along with it. Um, and so I was dying and in order to save my life, I knew that I had to uh, you know, get into 12-step recovery. And I also went to uh, private counseling and I went to group counseling as well as doing work on my own, introspective work. Um, so, you know, dying and suffering are very compelling. <laughs> They're yeah. very compelling for change. They're very compelling motivators. 
you know, for us to change. Unfortunately, um, I've done readings, mediumistic readings for many people um, who experience the opposite. They, they've lost loved ones to uh, drug addictions, you know, opioids and so forth. Um, so they didn't have that transformation. I consider what happened to me way back when, and actually it was 1983 that I became sober. Um, I consider it a great blessing because as you stated, it jump-started, if you will, put me on the pathway I'm on. It took, it took a while. It took about 12 or you know, 13 years for me to find this pathway, but I would have never found it if I was still, I, I don't think I would be here physically if I was still uh, drinking the way that I was. Yeah, and that's really powerful. I think it's one thing to like have a glass of wine with dinner or celebrating your birthday, but obviously yours was a lot heavier than me. You said 12 hours. I was like, I don't think I could do anything for 12 hours. I couldn't even sleep for 12 hours. So that's you know, consumed many I don't know, days, months of your life well, from drinking. I was addicted to the bar atmosphere as well. I love the excitement of, you know, walking in and not knowing who's going to be there and striking up conversations with different people, playing the jukebox, acting crazy. I was addicted to all of that too. And I believe I actually, um, I, there is no alcoholism in my immediate family, but I discovered many years later, Shelley, that both great grandfathers were severe alcoholics. And so it skipped a couple of generations. And in my new book, Wisdom from the Spirit World, I talk about um, patterns, family patterns that, that can come down. And you know, until those are healed and balanced, we're, we repeat those. Um, so you know, that's something that I do in my work as a medium. Uh, sometimes the spirit world will come in and say, this needs to be addressed. You know, there, there's people in our family that are still carrying this toxic pattern. Um, so, you know, until we really um, awaken to what's going on, we're going to keep repeating that merry-go-round. I find that fascinating. And I, a true believer of like the afterlife and the spirit world. So, could I ask, like, you know, when we're down here, we're making these choices in life, whether it's to drink or give up drink, when we're making these life choices, what does spirit say about that? How is that shaping our lives? Well, interestingly, thank you so much for asking that, because one of the chapters in, in Wisdom from the Spirit World is our power of choice determines the quality of our life, our lives. And so... Every human being has the gift of free will. And it is our, you know, God-given, spirit-given um, right to make decisions and choices. Those choices that we make will determine what we experience in life. So, you know, I always say if um, I, I'm a person that, for a lot of years, I went to, uh, I would get chiropractic adjustments, you know, on my spine and on my neck. And once you get an alignment like that and you feel, oh, okay, I feel really good. And, 
you know, that I'm healthy. If you come out of that, if your spine, if you, you tweak your neck or you fall or have an injury and you come out of that alignment, you really, really feel that. And you go, oh, wow, that hurts. And so you experience pain. It's much like that with our spirituality and our alignment with source or what most people call God. If we are not aligned in proper alignment, we're going to suffer. And so, and that doesn't mean that we are, you know, goody two shoes or we're perfect or any of that. What it means is that we make choice based on um, natural laws, which are eternal principles that are immutable. And also um, how we would like to be treated. We've all heard of the golden rule, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated. And that really, you can sum it up. It's very simple. But if we make choices like that, um, then we're going to remain in alignment. So choice is everything. And so is intent. You know, the intent behind the choice, the intent behind an action or a behavior. Um, it really fuels our lives and, you know, what we're going to do. And also... Um, what our life is going to look like, you know, what's going to come to us as a result of those choices. So free will is like our ability to make our own choices. Yes. Okay. So if we're, because I sort of did past life regression, I did nursing, but then I did like past life regression, not the obvious career transition, Carol, if I'm honest, but (laughs) that's what I did. And in that it's very much, in past life regression you're sort of you're coming back due to karmic debt and you're coming back to learn lessons for your highest good for the sources higher good and things like that so you've got free will but are there certain choices we should be making while we're down here like may maybe you're meant to learn maybe in the past we've been victim and now we're going to be perpetrator so do we have to make bad choices or what does spirit tell us there are no bad choices it's all just experience Well, it's sort of like if you and I go on a road trip and we have the same destination, we're going to, we have plans to go to the same city and we're going to meet there. You might take a very uh, convoluted pathway to get there. You might take a bunch of shortcuts. I might take the long way around because, uh, you know, I want to see the countryside or I want to do this or that. We're going to end up in the same place. It's, you know, we can make, we make the choice of how quickly that's going to happen, or are we going to keep going back over things? And you're absolutely correct when you say that we come into this 3D reality, the physical plane, in order to evolve. That is the only reason that we are here. We are not here to experience money. We are not here to experience physicality per se, But however, through those things and through relationships and, you know, career and all of that, we really discover who we are and paradoxically who we are not. Because again, if you uh, come out of alignment and say that you become very centered on, well, life is about things, life is about earning money you know, you're going to feel very empty 
inside and that creates suffering. Suffering is a wonderful um, way to awaken. And I, I know that none of us want it, none of us like it, but yet it's, it's the door that with that golden key that op opens up the opportunity to grow and evolve. And what kind of things may we recognize in ourselves, or maybe in someone else when they're having a spiritual awakening? What are the signs and symptoms we might present? Uh, there are a number of them. I would say um, you feel a, a range of emotions. You feel anything from sadness to joy to um, maybe resentment. Um, you know, I often say the spiritual pathway is not a bed of roses. It isn't. There's many dark nights, many, many dark nights. And in no way am I saying that I'm some kind of a martyr and I've gone through all of that. But I have had my share of dark nights and with drinking, um, with anxiety, with fear, you know, and, and these are common human um experiences that that we all have if we can look at them as the opportunity that they bring that's kind of the pearl that's in the in the middle of all that darkness in that suffering then we can use it to move move ahead so sometimes what it, what our greatest liabilities have been become they transform into our greatest assets I like that. It's kind of like every day, though. You say that like some days we could be sad, sometimes we could be joyous. So it's hard to know if it's an awakening, but maybe if you apply it to what's going on in your life, like loss of a loved one or loss of finances or health, and then you get them and they don't feel quite so normal or predictable, then maybe that's no your awakening. Well, you know, you, you mentioned um, the loss of a loved one. That is a truly transformative event for most people. And I, as a medium, I have done many, many, many thousands of readings for people in grief. And um, <clears throat> all of them are changed by, you know, when, when somebody in our family or even a, a friendship too, the dynamics, the energy in the family changes as a result of that person uh, no longer being there physically. Now, the same with a friendship. Um, so even death is, is, of course, it's transformation for the soul, but it's also transformation for those left behind. Yeah, but we don't see it as a positive, do we? We like, you know, back to my nursing days, like when patients died, the family that were left behind, like their way of life died. And they said, oh, it's never going to be the same again. It won't because there is someone missing. But as you say, you can transform it into a new way forward, which sounds very simple, I know. But it does transform you because you can never be the same person again. But that's not always a bad thing. As we were saying earlier, we change no, all the time. Not. And, you know, part of mediumship is that it's twofold. It's to alleviate suffering in people by proving the continuity of the soul, that's number one. And the second thing is good mediumship should speak to the innate reality of each human being, which is the soul. 
and it should address um, the spirituality of the receiver of that mediumship. So I know that some people think that perhaps, you know, there's an entertainment value to mediumship. And there is, I mean, it can be fun. And, and I, I've never laughed so much over the years uh, doing readings too, because the spirit people do have a sense of humor, um, you know, but at, at its core, it's about the majesty and the eternity of the soul. And I think sometimes as uh, souls in this physical realm, in this physical vehicle, we forget who we truly are. And I don't want to use the cliches, you know, you've heard them about we're a spiritual being having, having a, a physical experience and all of that. But I really think, I know I have forgotten my true essence of who I am. And certainly way back when, when I was doing the drinking and I was, I was sleeping, essentially, um, I really, I had no clue who I was. And you know, so that's why I look at what happened to me and I went through all of that suffering. Um, I can look back now and say that was really a blessing for me it, at the time. No, no, because when we're in the midst of of pain, it, you know, we, we can't see that that ray of light uh, that that's at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Yeah, and I should imagine that most people go to a medium when they can't find the answers themselves do you know what I mean it's like when you've got that relationship breakdown or you know, like me ongoing health issues or the death of a loved one so I know in your book you say that love is indestructible by death so do you get loads of people coming to you to try and get that communication with those that are passed yes that's the bulk of what I do I've been heavily trained in evidential mediumship meaning um, the spirit communicator presents facts of their identity, memories, um, things that I absolutely would not know that are not general in nature. So I've been trained heavily with that. Um, and that matters not for the sake of the medium to say how great they are, but to deepen the heart bond between that soul in the spirit world and the receiver that loves them. And that bond of love being indestructible is something I've seen time and time and time again. I always tell people, I don't believe in life after death. I know it. <laughs> I know it. A belief to me implies, well, I think that might be true, you know, but I'm not really sure. I know that we go on because I've seen it firsthand. So you communicate between like this realm and the next realm, and you say predominantly to do with people that have had loved ones die. So for those that are left behind, as I said from my nursing days, I saw people crippled with grief. What can the people from well, the loved ones in spirit tell us? What message could they pass on to those that we've got listening today, you know, that are grieving their loved ones? What could spirit tell us to reassure us? Well, you know, uh, the first lesson, this book, uh, Wisdom from the Spirit World, is about what I learned from, from being a conduit. The, the, the teachings that the spirit people, those in spirit, 
want to have passed on uh, through thousands of sessions. Um, so the very first one is very simplistic and it is, there is an afterlife. Now that sounds really kind of funny or silly, but there are people who, that I've encountered that go, well, I'm, I don't know if there's an afterlife. So that is probably the number one lesson that those in spirit want grieving loved ones to know. I'm, I'm here, I'm in a different um, level of consciousness, but I'm absolutely fine. And I'm still right there with you. My second book called I'm Still With You, it, I named it that because in session after session, I heard myself saying, he's still with you, she's still with you. And so I thought, you know, when it came to give the book a title, which to me is the hardest part of writing a book, is to get a title, I thought, okay, what? And, and then all of a sudden I heard, you always say this in sessions, I'm still with you, name it that. So that's what I did. And those in spirit, they don't want us to stop living. They don't want us to be sad. They want us to know there's no reason to be sad because I can actually be closer to you now because there's not even a separation in the physical world anymore. And I can come to you through your thoughts and feelings. And that's called intuition. I'm just thinking like some religions don't believe in an afterlife, but you're saying that when you're in spirit, people yes. want the loved ones down here on earth to know that, you know, there is an afterlife. And does, does that apply at all? Because some people say in their earthly incarnation, didn't believe in an afterlife. Now you're trying to pass on the messages going, there is an afterlife. Does that happen? Yeah, actually, I, I, um, there, there's an example in wisdom from the spirit world. There was a, a, um, a lady that I read for, have read for her numerous times uh, when she first came to me. And I, I don't ask any questions of people before I read for them. I don't want to know who they want to connect with. I simply, anyone who's legitimate and genuine will not ask questions before reading um, or actually even, you know, just for verification through, through the reading or for validation. But her, um, her partner, uh, who became a, her new husband um, and they had known each other for a long time. He had been sort of an agnostic or an atheist and um, <clears throat> they often had discussions about it. And she was really on the fence. She didn't know what she actually believed either. So when he crossed over and he came through in a reading that I did for her and of course my not knowing anything, I saw a big stack of books and I said, this man was more rationally oriented. He's showing me a big stack of books. He did a lot of reading. She said, yes, yes, he absolutely did. And yeah, he did not talk about, you know, dying or the afterlife at all. When he came through in the reading, he said, you know what? We do have an afterlife. I've, I've, I found that out and I just want you to know that all those discussions we had, I now know that I, I do go on. And, and it was interesting because this man was continuing on with his studies in the spirit world. And I tell people this quite frequently that what we do here, we can continue over there. And, you know, if we're a teacher, for, exa for example, we could 
continue on with engaging in teaching there. Um, if we did service work, if we did healing for people, if we were in medical, you can work with healing on the other side. These were things that I've personally seen. And without knowing what that person did in their earthly life, and I'll say, you know, I see your son, he's, he's working with young people. And that was, that was another reading. And the, and the woman said, yeah, he loved kids. He did coaching when he was here. He was a teacher. Um, so these are things that I've personally seen and have been validated. Um, so yes, there are people who they have an awakening when they, when they pass, when they, when they die physically and they go, oh, I'm still here. You know, I, my consciousness did, I, I, I'm still conscious, but my body's down there. So, um, you know, I've seen that a lot too, where the person will kind of go, why am I up here, but my body's down there? If they didn't have any spiritual beliefs, that can actually occur. I find that fascinating. And what I think is really lovely is that we're all down here on earth learning lessons and then at the end of our time on earth we still continue to learn lessons i just think it's all oh there's experience never <laughs> there's never an end and you know gro spiritual growth the soul's growth is continuous if you think of the flame and you have that beautiful candle behind you there up on the shelf that light never goes out and i mean that's the eternal flame of the soul and so um, this, you and I sitting here talking in a physical body is only one minute aspect of who we are, because who we are is much, much huger than the little mind. I call it the little me, you know, the rational, <laughs> the ego, um, the soul doesn't know anything about time or any of that. It only knows continuous expression. I think that's brilliant. So when we're down here and we're saying that we're getting overwhelmed and like yourself, you was like drinking too much and all the other experiences that led to you drinking too much. You know, that's when we're here, we're just living in it, aren't we? And it's all overwhelming. From spirit world, what do they think life's about? What are we here to experience? What's the biggest lesson we come for? love and service there's two love and service and really uh they're one in the same they're one in the same so and by the way with service i don't mean that you become a doormat and you do everything and just and run yourself you know ragged what i mean is looking at what is your unique contribution? Every person, every animal, I'll, I'll include animals. I'm passionate about animals as well. Um, every living being has purpose. Now, usually when people, you know, I've had many readings and that, that is the number one question, by the way, that people want to know, what is my purpose? So, um, that more so than any other question, I call it the million dollar question. And a lot of people mean, what am I supposed to be doing for a living? And, it, and purpose really doesn't mean that that's a secondary purpose. 
the primary purpose is emanating spirit in in all of its um, its beauty. So that could mean, you know, purpose might be I, I I'm a mother. I I have a family. That might be that that could be purpose because you're 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 doing what you need to be doing here. See, the soul plans this before coming here um, in that tiny body of the infant. The soul actually creates these things called blueprints. I've written about these in my books. They are plans, so to speak, for the physical incarnation. So um, what happens is the soul will meet with the perfect circumstances in order to um, evolve. And so that might mean, you know, uh, being born into poverty, because if I overcome poverty, if I grow out of that, if I learn a lot of important soul lessons through that, I've met purpose here. It's not what we think of. We think of an individual, boy, aren't they successful? Is she, she's very successful. He's, you know, he became very popular and he's, you know, big success. That is not really the meaning of success when you go to the spirit world. And I can tell you too, that if you were, famous here or you had a lot of money here that doesn't mean anything when you go to spirit it's the quality of your light the quality of the light the intensity of your light so and and when you're in spirit you can actually see that and you can't hide that so somebody who is in the relatively darker realms because there are levels of consciousness uh, in the spirit world uh, someone who is in the relatively lower realms um, has to really demonstrate their, they have to say, you know, I want to, I want to go higher. Uh, they may have been a greedy person. They may have been a person who harmed others. Uh, most people, the average person goes to the mid planes of the spirit world and it's very beautiful there. And so, you know, we, we earn that place based on the consciousness that we left here with. So what really matters? Those two things, love and service. You won't take anything else with you. So it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or a stay-at-home mom, that might be your purpose. And when we get to the other side, it's just about the journey. Exactly, exactly. Um, someone who is, let's say, <clears throat> a millionaire, they might have had certain lessons to learn through having a lot of money like that, because we all know that, you know, having that kind of money, you, you live a vastly different life. Well, most people do, not everybody, but uh, most people live a very different life uh, than somebody who, you know, is earning minimum wage or whatever. So there could be certain um, experiences that the soul needed to, ex to have through having a lot of money like that or fame. Um, on the contrast, someone who uh, you know, was born into poverty, someone that suffered abuse as a child, um, every soul, there, there's, this sounds very, um, I don't know, I suppose difficult to understand sometimes 
well, why would somebody choose to be born into poverty? Why would somebody choose to experience abuse? Um, and on a personality level, you don't. But on a soul level, the soul in its infinite wisdom knows what it needs in order to advance. So out of something very painful, as we were talking about transformation and change, um, there are many people that I've seen that have overcome very, very horrendous early beginnings in life. And they, they've completely transformed themselves. Um, and sometimes, you know, because of that, and it's developed, they've developed empathy, they've developed compassion. These are high spiritual qualities. Um, so that, that maybe couldn't be learned in any other way, but walking through those, those circumstances. So it's just going to go back to like, that was the millionaire thing, but going back to like, you know, when we spoke about service, you said it's not about being a doormat or burning out or people pleasing, you know, it's your unique purpose as such. So if someone's sitting there today, like, I you know, 35 year old mum of two, and she's thinking there must be more to life. How would she discover if there's more to life than being a stay at home mum or what her purpose is? How would she know? Maybe, maybe that is her purpose. How would she know? Well, I think that, you know, emotions serve a purpose. Too many people in the so-called new age, um, I don't even like to use that word, but uh, the metaphysical or new age community, they demonize emotions. Emotions are not bad. Um, you know, there's righteous anger. Anger motivates what? It can motivate change. Um, dissatisfaction, boredom, th those can be used as springboards you know, we, we, we wouldn't be here without emotions. I, I never, ever tell people, oh, you shouldn't feel sad. You know, your loved one's been gone five years. You shouldn't feel sad. No, you allow sadness to come up. The point is to not get stuck in it. So you, you don't want to stuff anything down. So I would say somebody that feels the need that, okay, maybe that karma is complete now. Those lessons of being the mom are complete i need to nourish something within myself i'm not saying to neglect duties uh, if you're responsible for minor children um but certainly there's a lot of uh, women in particularly that kind of reinvent themselves and you know talents that they had they put on the back burner when they had kids and then they go back to them um so i feel like we we know that intuitively we might feel boredom, we might feel um, empty. And that's kind of you know, what we were talking about with the dark night of the soul. And there's, there's a lot of things. If you don't allow emotions to come up and speak to you and say, hey, you're out of alignment here, then you're gonna stay stuck. So absolutely all emotions are valid. They need to be expressed, they need to be recognized and they can be used for uh, to motivate change. I love that explanation. There's a book that I absolutely love. It's called The Five Stages of the Soul. And it goes through five stages, as your title suggests. And one of them is the search. And it's proffered that we all experience the search, that we can go home, you know, every night, absolutely love our you know, married life, single life, whatever it is. But in all of our lives, we'll get to a stage where we think, the niggles come in 
there's more, what am I here for? It comes for everyone. So I love your explanation, because even if you love being a mum, and you say you put all those skills on the back burner, when you get that niggle, allow the emotions to come up, because it's probably yeah. that intuitive or the soul trying to speak to say, you are a mum, but what else is there for you? Yes, and it's so important for people to listen to the soul. You know, the soul is not like the rational mind. It doesn't uh, scream and whine and cry. It's that subtle, we've all heard this, the still small voice through intuition. Now, sometimes the mind will take that and run away with it. Uh, but the soul, I, I look at soul as prompting. Soul prompts. It doesn't hit, it doesn't hit us over the head it prompts us to say, explore that direction, explore this. Um, you know, sometimes there are people that come onto our pathway and that's the soul, the magnetic attraction, um, you know, showing us a different way. You know, we, we know about the, um, I mentioned natural laws. One of, one of the natural laws is the law of attraction. So like energy attracts like energy. Um, unfortunately, that natural law became kind of misunderstood when um, with the, um, it was a number of years ago that the book and the movie, The Secret, and um, people kind of interpreted it as just being, well, you know, I go and I see a diamond ring in the window. And if I, if I think about it enough, I'm, that I'm going to get the diamond ring. So <clears throat> the real law of attraction is you will attract um, similar vibrations to you, whether that's people or places or things, um, experiences could be any of that and all of it. Um, but the soul is always in charge and it, it can use the personality, which we all have. Um, it can use the personality as sort of its a uh, servant or it's it's a uh, vehicle for expression so i love that soul prompts i've never heard it is that like the same as synchronicities when you can't explain it things just kind of fall into place with that alignment yeah synchronicity means meaningful coincidence so um something two seemingly unrelated events that coincide and they create meaning. I'm speaking now from a, from a spiritual perspective of what synchronicity is. Uh, the famous Swiss psychoanalyst, uh, Carl Jung talked an awful lot about synchronicity. And he actually even had in his practice when he was counseling patients, he had um, synchronicity occur when he would be talking about things. So synchronicity is because of the underlying unity of the entire universe. They're really, we see duality here because we're in a plane of duality. That's, and that's what we're seeing right now, by the way, and what's going on with the current consciousness is division, division and duality. The truth is that there is really unity. And so that's, that's my theory of how synchronicity operates. Because the more that you are open to and you remove, um, you know, judgment from your mind and division and so forth, 
the more that you'll experience synchronicity because you're allowing that to flow through you and it creates meaning. There's meaning in everything. And, but we have to be awake to, to see that and to notice it. I've absolutely loved this. And I just want to conclude with asking you, like, so the people that are listening today, what's one thing they could do today to create a positive change towards spirituality? Where could they start? Well, you know, in the third section of Wisdom from the Spirit World, it's, it's kind of the doing section of applying some of this. And um, I write a chapter on merging, merging your unique personality, starting where you're at. You don't have to be someone else or, you know, you be just who you are with all of your unique skills and qualities and creativity and merging that with your soul awareness. And I give exercises in the book about how to do that. There's so many people, especially now, who are seeking or searching for, because there's been a lot of displacement, um, you know, what's my next step? I, I'm not sure where to go. I've, over the past year, I've done many readings in which people are seeking more spiritual guidance, uh, coming from a higher plane, you know, um, and looking at um, wh where do I go now? And they don't, they don't really know. So um, I thought it was very useful in the third section of wisdom to write about how can I find that out? And so um, you really do this sort of self-assessment. It's nothing complex. This should not be complex. That's the rational mind. When, we, when, we, when you start pulling the mind in, it, it, it wants to complicate things. This, the soul is like a child or an animal, very simple and very pure, very simple, very pure. That's why I tell people, children and pets and animals in general, any animal, that is the closest you're going to get to, to in a living being experiencing God is, is by connecting with the animals and connecting with children because they're, they're very pure and they're very open to this to um higher sense perception i think that's beautiful i was smiling as you're saying it because we've got four children and a dog and you know they're all beautiful in their own way but when they're together like collectively it's like an unspoken language it's beautiful like a telepathic dog i i truly believe it <laughs> i've yeah. absolutely loved this thank you so much i think you're going to help people you know because you can, can communicate between the two worlds. So I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carol. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Shelley. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>